0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-eight of Strangers in the Cinema. You're here with Paul and Pete. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, we've got the
1: number right this time for sure. Yes. so that's nice. I think we got the number
0: right last time, but possibly the one before that you might have got it wrong. But I'm confused as to which episode that would have been in which you got the we've number. right the episode the ship, wrong Paul, now, that's, so that's all that matters. As I confused you even more than now. The just ship. Basically, the number of the episode wrong.
1: It's cool because, uh, yeah, we're up to number twenty-eight. We're quite pleased that we've got this far, and also, and we've been trailing this for a while. We've probably said this on the show, but there are exciting things ahead for us. I think we are going to be looking at doing a weekly format on the show where we can be a bit more reliable and a bit more regular. Does that mean I have to see you like once a week? That. Not necessarily, Paul. If you want to do like three episodes at once and then we put them out the subsequent weeks, but I don't think that really works with the release windows of, no, okay. of cinema. Well, you know? I suppose then that... Yeah, I suppose I'm on board with the with the weekly idea as well. We're going to jump in and give it a go. For now, though, we've got a juicy episode of our regular Strangers in a Cinema podcast with all the bits that you've come to know and love. Just before we get into that, though, do I do want same. to do a bit of a, a reach out to our audience. And, yeah. you know,
0: as much as I quite enjoy going... Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm all alone. Um, it would friends. be perhaps nice to have some music. Um, so this is us reaching out to you guys. If you know anyone or fancy giving it a go yourselves, uh, that would give us a bit of an introductory jingle, Yeah, uh, what, then what we're was happy that? to give it a go.
1: Paul, what was that podcast that had music, music at the beginning of it? I think it was all of them. I all think it's of them. All, yeah. of, all them of, 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 them of them except for that hours. you can get. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, at the moment our USP is we start with complete scratch silence and then Paul starts speaking, which is cool to some people, it's minimalist. I mean I would say that if we don't get Recommendations for music, then we might have to start singing an introduction. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get really really sad at some point. So yeah, it would be nice. Hit us up through the Facebook, through the Twitter. We'll give all the details at the end of the show as well. Um, I think by now, if you're listening to this, you know how to get hold of us. But we will refresh those details when we get to the end of this one. We will, yes. Anyway, um, so
0: I digressed. So apologies. That's cool, uh, man. so whatever you want. So this is our, our show. As as you are no doubt aware by now, listeners at home, or new listeners won't be, we kind of structure the show like a trip to the cinema. So we have popcorn movies, yep. coming attractions, feature reviews, of which there are two this week, which is Moonlight
1: and A Monster Calls. Yep, probably, you've, you've heard a lot of stuff uh, Oscars related regarding Moonlight, and then A Monster Calls is something we both felt quite strongly about and wanted to talk about, so yep. that's why that's got yep. in there. Uh, final section, and just then we'll pay credit to credits, s- yeah. something, someone,
0: some place, some what, somehow, <laughs> anything we got. Something. Done want, or, I don't know why I just didn't level it with something about film So yeah, so yeah.
1: Last time, I mean, we had a, a, pod, a podcast, uh, an application recommendation. Yeah, we didn't. We don't pay credit to ourselves, but <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's a diverse selection of stuff and just things that we think are cool and people should pay some attention to. Really. So we'll get to that. But first of all, pop, pop, pop into the popcorn section. Uh, basically just an excuse for us to blurt out a load of information about films we've watched in the last week or two um do you want to kick us off Paul what what is something that grabbed your attention so much that you said i am taking this information and pouring it out of my mouth onto the strains in the cinema podcast
0: well when you put it in such a provocative manner it Go. strikes me to talk about a se- the sequel to a provocative film do you see what i've done there okay you don't because i haven't mentioned the film i'm talking about well yet. i'm waiting
1: i am obviously talking about train spotting 2 Okay, T T two uh, Terminator. No,
0: T two no. the T shop. Not the T shop. Okay, shop. Um, there's probably one other thing. T two. It's Trainspotting. just T
1: two. Train spotting, right? I've already, I've
0: already said it was Train Spotting two. So we've okay. given, we've given the game away on that joke. To be honest, unfortunately, Train Spotting two. Danny Boyle's sequel to the seminal film Train Spotting.
1: Yes, uh, that one in which you McGregor did a poo and then it got thrown across the room.
0: That one, yeah. yeah, and the one in which he chooses life, and uh, you know the ever the ever quoted, quite to be honest, by the end of Trainspotting's lifespan, quite irritating posters that were up everywhere, and right. it was kind of the, it, although Trainspotting is a very good film, it kind of became like the trite go-to film for. On our oh, own into films, and it was on studio shows sure. everywhere, and that and kind of it, thing. So, and it sort of skyrocketed,
1: you know, the director of Shallow Grave to bigger and better things, which is not a bad um, thing necessarily. And and yeah.
0: So anyway, but so back to the you're sequels. doing it. You're doing the thing I you am. do, which is worrying that
1: we're digressing onto a different we're topic. I am we're digressing on I'm two not worried topic. about that.
0: No, I'm going to pull it back because I'm the one digressing. Trainspotting spotting two. I don't know how many times I can say train two in one podcast, but I think yeah, I'm, going I'm tired for a of this review. So, <laughs> this film sucked. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, what's to recommend it then? If anything,
0: it's a lot of fun. Um, in some ways, it's kind of nice to see the gang back together. They've got the original cast back together in in the original roles. <laughs> Those, that gang, yeah, they to their going back together. But that's what I mean. It kind of it kind of does. It feels a bit more. It takes itself a little bit less seriously, I think, than, than it, the first film.
1: And is it joined up with the story of the first film? Yes. So to to provide some friends?
0: to provide some content, it's kind of like twenty years later. So after Renton's done one with the money at the end of the first film, they come back to Edinburgh um and he's trying to pick up the pieces of his life not all is going that well for him but without going into sort of ruining the story really um begbie gets out of jail comes after them um and hijinks ensue really
1: and begbie is robert carlisle yeah okay so
0: and and kind of the hijinks ensue um it's a it's fun it's got all the stylistic touches you'd expect from the train spotting sequel soundtrack's very good um I don't necessarily think it's a film that needed to be made. I know it's obviously based on a book, but it's not a story that I particularly had any desire to see. I didn't end spotting thinking, "Oh shit, what happens next?" In was, twenty years, yeah, yeah I was had, quite happy, we'll happy with, with how that ended.
1: Um, and so surely one or all of them would be dead. I mean, that's I think what got me about. Yeah, I'm quite the, surprised they're all still the alive. Back to again. be honest, it's as I said, it's it's fun. But it wasn't upsettingly bad. Like you would recommend someone else go see this thing. No, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It just it takes
0: a it takes a while to find its feet. It it harks probably too much back to the first film. There
1: isn't anything that rivals either the toilet or baby scene and from do the we, first film. Do we need it now? I mean because when that came out it was such yeah such a sort of indication of the zeitgeist at the time in the in the mid 90s and the disaffected nature of the way a lot of young people felt and the, the born underworld born slippy track was like you know played it everywhere and the choose no, life just, thing that you mentioned but now there's
0: an there is like a whole, there's like a new sort of choose life speech for today which again is kind of cool mm. uh, talks about social media and that kind of thing but the film just doesn't have the same impact as the first right film. because i would suggest it's a bit of a shame really uh, and
1: maybe it's presumptuous but i would suggest if we're going to get this sort of biting social satire now it's danny boyle is not going to be the guy to give it to us maybe right is, is that unfair i mean a good film director as he is i'm not sure he's got the teeth to to I deal mean, with the it's interesting
0: it's interesting you say that because obviously a man come, coming from sort of directing the opening ceremony to the oscars mm. not to the oscars the to olympics, olympics in fact yeah and then and so like having those, like treasure now, isn't Slumdog Millionaire and those kind of films uh, to then go back and no it doesn't it doesn't have the same teeth as the first film yeah. it's it's, an, it's more of an entertaining caper film yeah. than it is sort of important social statement but not yeah. a bad film by any stretch well I've, I've
1: been on the fence I mean from what you've said I'll probably check it out because then we can talk about it you know as well later on I like, compare how I feel but yeah interesting for you know make your own mind up as we often say at the end of these mm. reviews um so yeah for the my first uh, choice cut this week paul i've just come out of seeing um triple x the return of Xander cage oh um yeah absolutely vital i'm not going to spend too long on this because it would be you know a bit fatuous to do so the director of this one Paul, little quiz for you is one dj caruso can you name three films that he's previously directed uh, dj caruso uh do you know what pete not dj quolls because he's my favorite dj i can
0: name three dj caruso films okay go are you ready for this yeah i'm going to do it quickly so
1: you're listening okay taking lives disturbia eagle eye boom oh my word that's that's both amazing and a little bit sad but um yeah you've got the right man dj caruso is back uh he's also yeah he's a hack did you say or I may as well have done no I mean you know it's easy to throw stones at films these big action films I mean when you start with this one when the, the opening credits roll you've got Chinese backers on screen you know that this is made for a An audience that is going to lap up, you know, action that's pivoting around Vin Diesel and, you know, his flexing and womanising and that kind of thing. This plot, as much as it exists, is ridiculously daft. It's all about something called the Pandora's Box, which I said to you earlier, kind of looks like a Game Gear. Or something along those lines, um, and I mean, it's, the Game Gear does weigh enough to destroy the world. So, right, it, it, and the battery drain on that. It thing turns is. out that with one of these little plastic boxes, that seems like it's cost me about a fiver. Sorry, the box is actually called a Pandora's box. It's a box. Pandora's box. Literally, literally and thought, this is some kind of analogy. Now they're like they're opening <laughs> no. a Pandora's boxes. Well, they, they are. They are on the one box. hand, but on the other hand, it is an actual box. Uh, yeah, it's capable of dropping satellites out of orbit into oh, spec- specified targets on Earth. Uh, That's a problem. So obviously you got to get the gang back together. The gang involves two factions. One of them's got like Michael Bisping in it and Donnie Yen, and they're like sneering a bit at the beginning and being a bit bad. The other one's got your boy Vin Diesel and his crew with like a irritating DJ character, and uh, not DJ Caruso or DJ Qualls, but yeah, like a a DJ who says, "I'm not a fighter, I'm a baller." Episode twenty-eight, the DJ jokes episode. (laughs) But uh, yeah. (laughs) eventually you get a load of action people in one place uh donna yen has a lot of fun kicking people in the face um it yeah it it doesn't hang together for the fact that you know that in 2017 um having a plastic box that is apparently the one thing that you have to physically get to in real time doesn't make any sense um but there's some fun to be had there's some sort of slightly unnecessary very unnecessary sort of leery vaguely misogynistic treatment of women in it particularly in the first half Um, the last climactic sequence you think is going to be incredibly good because he's going like oh uh, I'll live for this shit as he like free fall no parachute jumps out of an aeroplane it's a bit disappointing. It and
0: looked to me from the trailer like the X films don't really have a place anymore because the Fast and Furious franchise exists. It looks a bit yeah, like a poor man's Fast it, and Furious. It is. I mean, it is. Okay. It, it's
1: a second-rate Fast and Furious movie. But if you love those movies, this will tide you over until Fast and Furious Twelve or whatever we're up to now, right? Yeah. Take us away from here from these uh, explosions. So I'm going to take
0: stuff. you away from explosions to uh, sort of creepy rural Americana. Um, okay. In Philip Ridley's uh, masterful, I would say. Uh, a film reflecting skin um, this is a film I'm not going to say a lot about this it's um, not a new release you told it's me not this, a so. new release no I believe it's 90 something Yeah. Um, it was a Mark Kermode recommendation actually when we were just chilling in the pub right. uh, which is something that me and your like, boy, like boy Marky Mark. yeah K-Hole um, yeah, uh, K-Hole, yeah. <laughs> no he, he was talking about it on his BBC show so thank you Mark Kermode if you're listening and apologies for calling you K-Hole definitely not but he probably isn't listening definitely film, so isn't. Back to back to the, the crux of the film. So you've got um, it kind of marks itself as a vampire film, I suppose. But this kind of eight year old boy um, has this very sheltered upbringing with these kind of weird parents living. I said in the very depths of rural America. Then it's kind of is there a vampire living near them? Um, and I won't say any more about the story than that, except that sort of atomic weapons come into it, and it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I think the part of the reason is part of the reason it's it's so easy to recommend. Um, is that although it wears its influences on its sleeve, there's Malick in there, and certainly some of the some of Dick Pope's cinematography. I've managed to say Dick Pope without laughing this time, which is <laughs> the good. Pope of Dick, sorry, um, Pope. Pope of Dick. <laughs> Carry on. Um, it's a serious film. It's a good film. <laughs> no, it um, sounds sounds very yeah. really intriguing. Um, I his name. So yeah, you've got the the elements of Malick there as well. And then you've got some very David Lynch kind of weird elements, and the whole film just has a very Very sort of individual and very creepy atmosphere about it. It's although those elements are there, it's like nothing else really that I've seen. Mm. Uh, It's a very intriguing premise, and it delivers on its premise. And there's a uh, again a good early performance from Viggo Mortensen in there as well. Oh, cool. So um, without saying, without giving away
1: too much about it, Mm. um, definitely check it out. Cool. Yeah, we'll lend you the Blu-ray. In fact, look at these perks I get for just sitting here. What's going to be once every week in the near future. Right, completely different. Um, my next choice, I I guess, is uh, a film I caught up with on Netflix. I think it came out last year or the year before. Um, maybe last year actually, at least in the UK. Uh, that's Diary of a Teenage Girl, directed by. A, it was last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a, a d- female director called Marielle Heller, um, who worked on Transparent, Transparent. The uh, what did you say to me? Amazon, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, funded that originally. Uh, she's a fairly green director only in her mid-30s and this film I think is going to announce it as a fairly major force Um, it's the film excuse me, it's like a coming of of age film about a 15 year old girl who is in her own way blossoming into her own body and her own sexuality but finds herself in a sort of relationship a sexual relationship with her mum's boyfriend played by Alexander Sarsgaard (laughs) Um, who here has a really sort of creepy 70s porno mustache? Um, it's set back, I think, in the 80s, 70s or 80s, maybe the 70s actually, so the porno mu- mustache makes sense. Um, Kristen Wig is on very strong form here, playing a role that the likes of uh, Ava Green played in um, White Bird in a Blizzard's similar yeah. kind of oh, yeah, unhinged, yeah. hard drinking, you know, yeah. gaslighting, bad parenting skills sort of uh, situation. And then the girl herself is played by Belle Powley, who I wasn't familiar with before. I think she's in her early 20s, but she pays 15 on on screen. And this thing, the reason I I bring it up on the show and the reason why I'd recommend it to people is because it's not a story about a young girl having an active sex life that's in any way sort of leering or exploitative or immature. It's actually quite seemingly to, you know, I've never been a 15 year, year old girl, believe it or not. But it's quite an honest and open-hearted um, telling of that story. And, yeah, I think every key moment in the film is handled almost perfectly, as far as I'm concerned, it, down to the soundtrack, the performances, the the staging. I mean, it's it really, really... It's interesting you
0: say that because I remember seeing the trailer and thought, oh, here we go again, like smalty sort of American indie where... Teenagers know best, and it hits all the kind of it hits all the kind of kooky
1: Sundance cliches. But you're saying it's not. No, it's not, not that at all. all. And okay. it, it, it's, I think, very very empowering. It's very positive. It's very sex positive. I think in in some ways, and um, it's the antidote to something like. Do you know? I I could suggest just because of the fact that. Yeah, it's not about kitschy hipster tropes, and it started. And I'm with a not chair anti and, those and films kind
0: of necessarily, but I think just that that kind of those kinds of films have run their course. I think a bit, so it's it's nice to hear that it's not that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, after talking about something like um, Blue Jay that we mentioned mm. on, the, on the last show, you know, I'm I'm all for the. Films that tell real, I've said this before, right? I'm not special in this sense, but no. films that tell real human stories, and I think that's what this does. With no, a lot I hate those of, stories, With a lot of yeah. style and a lot of, <laughs> of you know, um, yeah, swagger about it, but yeah, very human tale. Paul, have you got anything else? Uh, yes, I did want to quickly
0: drop in, if I may. Um, we talked about last week about giving credit to Blu rays. Sorry, you can't? Um, I can't, okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm going to anyway now. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so credit to, to Blu-rays, and one one of which I watched recently was the uh, second sight remaster and re-release of John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct Thirteen, mm. um, which if you haven't seen it, which I don't think you have, have you? Can I be honest? I have not no, seen it. You absolutely should. Uh, I think I saw the
1: remake that came out with like ten with years ago. With Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Hawk yeah, yeah, Fishburne, oh. and I felt bad at the time, and yeah, I feel even should. worse you now. You should
0: again. I can lend you the Blu-ray, but yeah, dude, yeah, it's it's a very it's a bare bones it's a very bare bones stripped back uh, action film mm. um, with some meticulous sound design and an absolutely banging soundtrack Yeah, um, that is just sort of pulse racing from start to finish mm. uh, one of John Carpenter's probably most underrated films I think mm. but yeah seek it out seek it out on the black blu-ray especially yeah, I mean, especially that's if a big... you've got a big sound system it's just it's nice to see the, the films get this effort because even on the DVD release, it was kind of patchy quality at best. Mm. And don't get me wrong, you put the Blu-ray in and it's not going to blow you away in the same way that other like newer films would blow you away. But it's just the nicest the film probably is ever going to look. Yeah, and that to it hear gets it, the right hear And to hear it to, you know, to, to the, a film of that low budget to get that treatment is really, really nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind of harks back to
1: what we were saying last week. But yeah, check that out. Absolutely, it's a huge miss for me, so yeah, I'll get on to that. And if I can just borrow your sound system on the Blu-ray, then we're, <laughs> then we're set. Um, final one for me for this, this run around uh, is called Under the Shadow. Again, one that I found through Netflix. I'm not working for them. Um, but it's directed by a guy called Baba Kanvari, who's uh, again, fairly, fairly young director, fairly new director, I think and um, stars uh, an absolutely beautiful actress called Narges Rashidi. Um, The fact that she's beautiful is secondary to the fact that I think she gives a really phenomenal performance, but to set it up, this is somewhere between a sort of conventional, um, we mentioned when we talked about this before, like the Babadook, like a a sort of um, fairly conventional, well-worn set of horror tropes. Um, You've got limited storytelling, there's a mother and a daughter, they're trapped in an apartment building, Um, they uh, the child starts seeing visions these are scary visions but the mother at first doesn't believe that they're real and then starts to be persuaded there's a creepy doll there's you know creaking doors all these things are you know par for the course but on the other hand outside of that apartment is mid-1980s Tehran and conflict and falling bombs and air raid sirens and real world situations that have a you know fairly chilling parallel in some of the current events going on in the world as we speak which give a kind of an edge to this film that I haven't seen in in more conventional horror films recently I think you like this as well right I know I really I
0: really enjoyed this film and I think just sort of going further on to what you were saying um, we've discussed in the past that horror is normally horror films come from like a product of the society in which they were bred mm. to actually see something come out of someone who's grown up in Iran is interesting, anyway. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it's you know as much as it's as much as it is a horror film, is also a psychological thriller, and it's almost like it's almost like making a political statement because it kind of when and the title is under the shadow, so mm. she's kind of living obviously under the shadow of war, under mm. the shadow of whatever's haunting them, and also there's that really powerful scene when she goes out not fully clo not fully covered up. Mm-hmm. Um, and gets arrested for just wearing kind of like casual clothes down the street so the kind of under the shadow thing is a really great analogy for under the shadow of, of of Iran as well, and it's yeah, yeah it's a
1: really really intelligent yeah, th- th- you are absolutely right. Like that that um, juxtaposing of the private and the public, the way that the the bomb that's kind of this eerie mm. symbolic bomb and also literal bomb has ripped a hole in the roof. So there's you know this big gaping hole in the, in the building itself. The way that there's this whole running thing about keeping the garage door shut properly, and the neighbor yeah. has a real problem with her as a woman yeah. saying that she's not doing her her duty and yeah. closing the door when she comes in her car. Um, yeah, I mean we've talked recently. About about things like a girl walks home alone at night. Um, this um, also uh, separation films coming out of Iran or at least based in Iran that have really interesting themes. And t- if I'm completely candid, take me into a world that I know very little about, well, and I appreciate. Going back that. a little bit
0: earlier, Persepolis is another one. Yeah, um, where it does. No, then with you, like I, it's kind of things you read about, read about in the news, and you mm. go, well, yeah, obviously that. You know, I, I can't get on board with that but to actually see it made by filmmakers from that part of the world it brings it home even more that is this is it's weird although you read about it in the news it's obviously real mm. it seems silly to say but when you watch it in a film but when you know that film was made by someone that's experienced it it kind of brings it home a little bit more
1: yeah absolutely because i mean we've lived as, as film lovers we've lived <laughs> sort of, weeks months years of our lives in american environments right through film like so many of the films that we see come out of america so we feel almost familiar with some of the cities of america because so many things are such as maybe terrified of a white picket fence for example right exactly but yeah to to be taken and transported to other parts of the world is one of the reasons why i think we both love film in in general so yeah i mean maybe it sounds like we're overhyping under the shadow you know this in this case is just a very i don't think we are actually i think that the more you know talking about it is kind of sort of brought it home
0: for more to me
1: yeah we'll we'll bring it at the, at the risk of being corny like bring it out of the shadows because I think this is the kind of whole, that, that people are of the shadows, that yeah. people are going to miss unless pointed in its direction yeah. so yeah Check It Out it's streaming in the UK now and I'm sure in the States they have three times as many things and it's probably streaming there as well yeah. so um, yeah I think that wraps us up for popcorn movies for this time around that right? does
0: which brings us into so We've left the popcorn counter. Yeah, we're still I, doing I never, this. I we're never, still doing this, guys. I ne- Personally, I never tire of this. No, Until I no. tire of this, then we won't stop doing it. So, so we've left We the should put in counter. Foley
1: effects, like footsteps and like rustling should, popcorn let's, and stuff. Let's work
0: on getting like a soundtrack, like an intro music <laughs> yeah, before yeah, we work please. on Foley effects. So, I'm going to do it. We've left the popcorn counter. Mm-hmm. Boom. We've shown them our ticket. We're in the cinema. The lights stay up. <laughs> yeah, the lights stay up. The trailers come on. Boom! They're in a little letterbox. They're in a little screen in the middle, screen, of, the middle yeah. of the larger yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah. So you can't. People are still on their phones. People are talking over the trailers. But I'm excited because I cannot wait for this film that I'm going to talk about to the point where I'm just going to zomp your zomp your chance even to get in there first. No, go ahead. Because I cannot wait to watch
1: Ring S. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard about this one Paul. what is this Ring S? Please explain. Uh, Ring S is uh, I think sequel number three. And are, to you, are you have not? Are you quite genuinely excited for this film? Like, how do you feel about it on the on the realist level? Vincent D'Onofrio, isn't it? Okay, That's I like something. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I like him. Um,
0: I'm not that excited for it, to be honest. Like, again, but the problem is with me in horror, and also I, whether or not anyone else will get the, my own joke that made myself laugh. by on it hit ring s. I think it's actually called rings. Yeah. So uh, if you did find that joke funny, obviously give me a shout out for it. But if not, then I apologise. It's rare I apologise for my jokes, so don't get used to it. But yeah, so Ring S, I've done it again. Um, I don't know, I'm a suck. I'm a sucker for a good horror trailer and if you watch the trailer for Ring S um, it's quite an effective horror trailer. It's got like the, the creepy moments, it seems to sort of have harkened back to some of the better moments from the earlier films. Mm-hmm. I only actually watched the first this is going to get complicated, I only watched the first US Ring a couple of nights ago. Yeah, I thought so, it was okay but not a patch on the Japanese original.
1: We've so, got like Hideo Nakata's First ring came out yeah. in like, 1998, and then, then there we've was got like Gore Verbinski's in 2002. But then we had like there was a Ring Zero. So there's a Japanese follow on. Yeah, yeah to, so to I I'm
0: not entirely sure whether this Rings is a remake of the Japanese version. I've lost track of the series in all honesty. But no, I'm I'm a sucker for a good horror trailer, and there's certain elements in there make it seem that it'd be quite interesting. It won't be. It'd be a big bag of shit. But I'm going to go and see it regardless. You never Cause know, Vincent, though, because Vincent. Ophrey, you never
1: know. It? We had Blair Witch pulled out of out of the shadows. I'm back to that. Uh, you know, last year and that. That was quite impressive, right? That's true. So, yeah. who knows? I mean, maybe, I mean the whole maybe. judgment on this thing. Well, I'm going to go and see it regardless. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. we'll have a review coming up when that one uh, comes out here.
0: Not <laughs> laughing at the Ring S joke as well. I ring,
1: ring Slim. Ah, you see, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any sense, but it's a thing. Yeah, so rings. Um, How far away is that? A couple of weeks? This Friday. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah soon. Um, Colour Me Excited <laughs> that's your new catchphrase. Yes. where has it come from Colour Me Excited <laughs> um, I'm going to get this name right this time round um, the film that I'm sort of most looking forward to which I think comes out at, in a couple of weeks if not this week it the is this week over the weekend anyway i posters I'm just, are
0: up in the cinema so it can't be
1: far off don't, don't let me forget the title this is um, Loving from Jeff Nichols not Mike Nichols uh, rest in peace Jeff Nichols who most recently gave us Midnight Special which Weirdly divided us actually because I went in thinking I'd love it, didn't really love it. You came out of it raving about that film, as I remember anyway. And I came free, out of I'm the wrong. Films
0: of the Year episode going. Bollocks. i completely forgot about midnight special when i made my maybe rest, it's because so. it's not as
1: good as you first thought
0: well maybe it's maybe. possible
1: but um, anyway sorry yeah maybe you had like lights shining out of your eyes and so you couldn't you know make so any, cool. any sense of it Such a cool but film. yeah obviously jeff nichols also uh, shotgun stories and mud and uh, a series of of well-reviewed and take i shelter. think it well, takes shelter of course a uh, very well made films largely starring or including michael shannon um, this one tells the story of an interracial relationship Ruth Negger I know is the female lead who's been Oscar nominated for her performance um, I'm yeah looking forward to it greatly off the strength of Jeff Nichols but also obviously Joel, Edgerton, uh, Joel Edgerton's an awesome actor isn't Joel he? Edgerton yeah has, has been good sort of both behind and in front of the camera yeah. recently has really built a, a fairly noteworthy career yeah. at this point so yeah it would be interesting to see him in this thing as well and so, yeah, that's that's close. Uh, yeah, R- Ring S is close. There's a lot to Thank look forward you. to, you guys. Yes, um, but we don't have to look forward to these things because they're coming up right now. That is our co-feature review of both A Monster Calls and Moonlight. Paul, where do we want to go first? Should start with the Monster Calls, just in case I get upset during this review of
0: A Monster Calls, because I got incredibly upset whilst watching A Monster Calls. Yeah, well, not in a bad way yeah, into an absolutely answer.
1: I mean we can be as serious as you like about this review um, because yeah I've been looking forward to talking to you about it and just getting your, your take um, to set it up this is well J.A. J. Bayona right Juan Antonio Bayona's uh, we know from like the, the orphanage and being Guillermo del Toro's boy um, The Impossible
0: I think is yes you're absolutely
1: right yeah that's slipped my mind Um, and it is he's also got the Jurassic World sequel next up oh which is that I right realize, yeah. that's interesting yeah Um, yeah it is a film that tells the story of a young boy coping with the not with bereavement with sort of impending bereavement via the aid of a monster voiced by Liam Neeson that visits the boy at his home Paul I think it's best that you start us off here um, with your reactions anything you have to say I
0: was a little bit cynical uh, about this from the trailer and I remember seeing the trailer thinking okay either this is going to work remarkably well or it's going to be sort of schmaltzy overdone nonsense um as it stands i think it turned out remarkably well
1: yeah it seemed to me to sort of fly under the radar a little bit in terms of it didn't seem to get the sort of cinematic push that maybe i thought i don't think it's it it might
0: i i don't think it's made even an oscar nomination is it yeah, I think I it's got, even an Oscar it nomination. might have one
1: for um, like a technical category. For visual I think there's something in there. Um,
0: yeah, I I just thought it it, it worked remarkably well. Um, and in terms of a, a film that tugs on the heartstrings, um, it just left me it left me in bits. Mm. From I think the last time I've cried this much of a film was probably a more. Mm. Um, it, it was that it was that sort of powerful, and for a film with a giant CGI creature in it to leave you kind of that that in pieces. I think was um, you know very very poignant, and I think what it does remarkably well is anyone. I mean, as has when we took a break from the podcast is obviously because my my father, well not obviously, my father had passed away after a, you know, like a long a long battle with cancer, mm. which is shit. Mm. Um, and there are certain there are certain feelings that get dragged up when you're going through that. That you know, I'm not saying I'm alone in that by any stretch. That that people will feel, and one of those is kind of one of those is, is the guilt that you kind of want this to be over for your yeah. own sake as much as the sake of, of your relative and I think this film kind of this film made me think a lot about that and a lot of a lot about the death of my father and I actually did say to my sister I said actually under no circumstances watch this film you'll really struggle with it I'm considering I'm reconsidering giving her new advice and say actually I think this will help you with that and especially to see it from a child's perspective mm. um, it's just such a powerful film and so heartfelt and i think for anyone who's been through that it's not going to be an easy watch but there's a lot of good to take from it
1: there's a lot that comes up in the film about the because it's obviously you know y- yourself being a, a grown man and here we've got a, a younger central character right i think he's what 12 13 14 mm. years old something like that I yeah don't, i don't know exactly but um a pretty young boy and there's a lot about his processing of feelings of rage, of anger, about the situation that is out of his control and the lack of control that he has, obviously, over what's happening with his mother here, um, played by, remind me of the name of that actress. It will come back to me in a moment. Um, Yes, uh, the the feeling that he has that he wants to sort of lash out. Felicity Jones, thank you very much. Yeah, played by Felicity Jones, I think fantastically well. Yes. By the way, at least I mean, obviously her role is very central here. But when I when it got very dusty in the room, it was usually because we had close ups of her face yeah. and everything that she was doing with her sort of her eyes yeah. and her, her the smaller parts of her acting. But if it's not overstepping a mark. Do you did those resonate with you, like those feelings of, of the sort of rage, the anger, the lashing out, the you know. The, I, that think so, yeah. I think so, yeah.
0: I think I think just the whole film resonated with me. And again, it would be very, it would have been very easy to overplay this into kind of schmaltzy territory, and perhaps it is to some people. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps if you haven't got a personal connection to what's going on, maybe it
1: does seem a little bit overblown. I don't know because obviously I do have a personal connection. Well, to I it. mean, I come from that side. You yeah, know, you know, I've lost loved ones, of, of course. Yeah, but in the the direct way that's seen yeah. on screen, it's a lot you know very close to your experience and and not so close to mine and it still hit honestly at points hit me like a like a freight train so i think i I think for me it was just
0: i it needs a second viewing but not far not far off a masterpiece i think in terms of just how much it it struck a chord Mm. and how well they used the cgi creature it's a fantastic performance from Liam neeson as the voice of the creature Mm. um and a nice little touch which you won't ruin if you noticed who was in some of the photographs later on in the film, which I yeah. thought was a quite nice, yeah. quite a nice touch. Um, that's and, and su- anyway, like, but subtle but yeah, but just subtle, just left yeah. alone and subtle. And yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, I just thought it's I think I think with, with J.A. Biona, no, I think to say it. I want to say, and I will say, I don't think he will make a better film than mm. this. That's not to say he will not make another good film I just think sometimes when you see like for me with Paul Thomas Anderson there will be blood Mm. like when you see a director at the peak of their powers and go if they make a better film than this I'll be very very surprised Mm. I came out of a monster calls going I think that man has just made his that's his masterpiece that's the the best Mm. film he's going to make um, and, course, and not to say he won't make other good films because he will and he has made
1: other good and, films. And but, of course it's it's not to counter that view I don't think at all. I don't think these things are mutually exclusive but the fact that you have a personal connection with this film yeah. probably ramps up your response with it that, you know, even that 5% I know I was, you know, extra, I, I, you know?
0: I'm not ashamed to admit I was crying, you know, I, well I admitted to crying at Dark Knight Rises so, right. but, you know, it's, it's it's a given I'm going to cry at some of like this but I was, it was in tears from sort of halfway through to the end because this
1: discussion we have um, you know and, and people have when it comes to to art of any kind about subjectivity versus objectivity and of course watching any kind of movie is not going to be directly objective what you think is wonderful someone else might think is yeah. terrible so you know maybe jay bionna is going to go from strength to strength to strength but yes would he ever make something that's going to resonate with people this hard i mean it's very hard to what imagine. did you think of it did you imagine that yeah i mean as i was saying it, it to me it was it was very very powerful it never hell of a punch it? yeah it never slipped really for me into, into sort of being corny or manipulative mm. I think aside from what we're talking about with the emotional thrust of the film it's worth mentioning that the, the animation or, or computer animation of the Liam Neeson monster is at points phenomenal when you've got the mm. the vines and, and uh, branches yeah. and parts of the tree wrapping around things in the space around the, the boy uh, yeah really 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 beautifully done, I think. I mean, of course, when there's this link drawn between Guillermo del Toro and J. A. Bayona because they've worked together and, and del Toro has supported him so much, you look at some of the things on screen with that extra critical eye because there's you know, a bit of
0: there's a there's a sort of there's a definitely a, a touch of Pan's Labyrinth about mm-hmm. Monster Calls, I think, but it's, you know, not not in a bad way. Yeah, but um. No, I think yeah, it's a fantastic film. I think before I well up again, we should probably move on to the next feature. Yeah, the yeah. next feature review. A- absolutely. So back to our
1: light-hearted, light-hearted laughing at the name of cinematographer's vibe. Well, well, here's a, <laughs> well here's a link between those two things, Paul. And I think you'll understand what I was saying about the way that a particular film can resonate with you. You know, sort of to, to elevate it even more powerfully than the regard that you had for it in the first place. Maybe on the other side of that, to a degree, and I'll explain, is what we're coming on to next, and this is Moonlight, directed by Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins, yeah, yeah. um Barry Jenkins, who, as far as I know, feature film wise, made a thing called Medicine for Melancholy, which I haven't caught up. No, yet. I've not seen that, and that was back in two thousand eight nine. It's very, very hard to come it's by. A couple as well. of
0: episodes to think of things, and possibly a
1: couple of shorts. Yeah, yeah, TV work and stuff yeah. like that, and obviously working on this for a while. Um, you know a lot a lot has gone into this but before i go off on a tangent set this up i mean what what is moonlight and why is there all this so
0: moonlight fuss? is kind of a, a, a study about um like a young a young black child or well, a young black boy and it, the race is relevant hence why i'm bringing it up
1: incredibly relevant um
0: and basically kind of his struggles has been brought up by like a, a drug addict mother um and how he struggles at school and starts to realize that he might perhaps be gay and starts to struggle with you know how he deals with his with his sexuality um i kind of amusingly nicknamed it broke back corner uh mm. on on the way out you've said amusingly um, i mean we'll leave with well yeah we're, make we're 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 them with themselves. With, but yeah there are you know there are certainly there are some parallels to broke back mountain and i think in fairness mm. um in terms of kind of like it's a forbidden love story but i think and it's it's just so refreshing to see something, a film like this, with so much heart. To have openly sort of homosexual characters um, in a place where you wouldn't normally expect it. It's
1: a very brave film. Like, yeah, you know. but I'm glad you edited yourself on the word "open" <coughs> because it's the opposite of that case, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So we've got I do it, a better job
0: of setting the scene than me because I well, struggled there. About well, we've no, things,
1: it, no, it, 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 it's all falling into place. I mean, we've got basically th- a three act structure here yeah. right delineated by the fact that in the first act the young boy that you mentioned in the second act sort of adolescent played by a different actor yeah. uh, he's maybe 16 15, 16 years old and in the final act um, we have grown grown ass version of this yeah. character um, and picking up with him and seeing where his story has gone yeah. but everything that's p- what makes
0: that p- like awesome artwork that is the poster where you've got a yeah. bit of each of their faces so yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it, it, every part is sort of just pushing the tide a little bit further to shore on the story of a man struggling with how little he's able to let out the things that he truly feels. And like you said, I mean, it's hard to come out of it without thinking about something like Brokeback Mountain because, you know, very different situations here because in Brokeback Mountain, we had horrific violence doled out to the central characters in the South, in the United States, uh, dealing with being a homo- in a homosexual relationship and here there is no oxygen for somebody coming out in the kind of urban, I think it's in even more I mean you know, there is
0: the reason I cited broke back over and above other other examples of queer cinema is because broke back is obviously about like how uh, how unacceptable it is to have a homosexual relationship now and as you say if you think it was sort of badly thought of in the broke back setting mm what it must feel like in those growing up in that environment to, to have that you know to yeah to well, be like, gay it must be awful
1: it, like it brought to mind you know the thing from uh, what now 2012-13 when Frank Ocean the hip hop MC mm. and Odd Future alumni um, came out as bisexual uh, online and got both positive and supportive messages and very 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 negative messages and I think that it often greats with me when i'm told that a particular film particularly an oscar nominated film is important because yes. it sometimes feels like you know an excuse for maybe dramatically it's thin or it's just tapping into something that was ready made to you know hit people where it hurts and sort of a, a button pushing film without maybe the the style or the substance to back that up in this case barry jenkins ebb and flow and kind of camera movement and sound design and dropping music out of scenes and just having um, environmental sounds and softness and quiet and like all this study of the inner life of this man elevates this way above just being important in inverted commas with a kind of vague eye roll you know
0: No but in and but in the same I'd see we're coming from it is an important film because obviously it's, No but that's what yeah. I mean it's
1: an important film yeah. in the good sense not yes. in the not in the, yeah, the it's, an, it's
0: not just it's not just an important film it's also a very good film Yeah um and yeah the the three the three lead performances of in, uh, across the age groups are fantastic yeah. um I think we were saying we were saying when we came out of it yesterday as well that Although there there is some physical resemblance between the, obviously the three people playing him, it's more about the ticks and yeah, the way these people speak and, and yeah. the mannerisms, and the the three actors have just nailed it perfectly that you can still tell it's it's the same person. Yeah, I think if there's any weaknesses there, there's certain there's certain elements like the the um the relationship with Mara, Shara, Ali. Um, I'd like to have seen that maybe. This is maybe, in the first yeah, section, the right, Yeah, pro, the sort of where he kind of adopts adopted father is, which like was the fantastic. But I, I could have watched yeah. the whole film. Yeah, about, I thought about that. that. I thought maybe I, I wanted to see a bit more of that um, at that point. But I went into the film knowing nothing about it. In fairness, I knew nothing about. it. And the it's story. the rarest
1: of things, Paul. I don't um, know if you agree with me on this, but we often bemoan the fact that we come out of films saying, like, man, it was two and a half hours, and it could have been, you know, half an hour shorter. This could have been half an hour, forty five minutes yeah. longer for me. Yeah,
0: and I think the you know the the, the big the big sort of life-changing event um, that sets him down the different path I don't think was perhaps powerful enough Maybe, or maybe mm. I think maybe I'd like to have seen I think no I think I think the way I put it is I'd like to have seen maybe a fourth chapter mm. in between chapters two and three where you see him go from like the kind of geeky buddy kid mm. to like the ultimate 50 cent like street sort of drug dealing guy Mm. Um, I'd like to have, uh, ultimate Fifty Cent guy, like, like some kind of superhero. But no, I, I quite like. I think, I think yeah, it's a, it's a rare criticism. Where you think you could have been it could have been a bit longer. I'd like to have seen a bit more of that transformation. Mm. I don't think personally what we saw was enough to justify him going from this person to this person at the next stage. Yeah, it's I mean, mine of nitpicking in what was otherwise a good film, yeah, a very I, good film. I but, think
1: you've got something there, though. I think that there were there were parts here which felt a bit faintly sketched yeah. to me. However, when you've got so much style and so much craft on screen, you you forgive that. But yeah, I think I think you're right as well. I think you know if we could have had those fleshed out a little bit more in terms of you know interpersonal relationships and and that kind of thing. I mean, he has obviously his relationship with his mother, who's a, a increasingly dishevelled drug addict played by Naomi Harris, who mm. we've not really seen in, in that kind of. Interestingly, a role
0: report, she didn't want to play the role. That, um, she didn't want to play um, like a crack taking sort of racial stereotype but mm. Barry Jenkins apparently said well actually if you play that role you're essentially playing my mother at which point she, she signed on so I don't right. know how much I'd be intrigued to see how I don't know a lot about the director well I say don't know a lot about the director I don't know anything about the director mm. um, so I'd be intrigued to see how much of this film is actually autobiographical
1: and yeah worth mentioning is well Janelle Monae who's a, a singer uh, and performer is the um, sort of surrogate mother yeah. figure in the in the first sequence and, again, and in a, the second sequence that's a relationship i'd like to have seen a bit more of but yeah i mean it, it's hardly like we we're saying it's it's hardly damning criticism when we're coming out. i just want more of all of it yeah you want more of all of it so you know when we invariably end up enduring the oscars for its 15 hour runtime uh i will you know both of us i think we get fully behind moonlight getting it any accolades that come its way it um, won't
0: long and will win everything but yeah and i
1: mean that's a, that's another conversation for another time i suppose but um but yeah th- there's a lot to dig your teeth into with this film and i think it's going to be talked about for a long time and i think it's going to create a lot of interesting dialogues um that are, are very important at the moment and i've used that word again but i think it is it is true so um yeah i mean we'll come back to this film and both of those films I think in future episodes especially when we're we're going more regularly with this thing but Yeah. this brings us just to uh, I think they could but they could be two too con, too early contenders to be sitting on our oh, they Best are of 2017 mm-hmm. list yeah, like so. having just done the best of 2016 yeah. it gets me excited for the end of this yeah. year this channel already so, yeah
0: it's a good good. certainly it's, a, it's showing a good start to the year and there's some interesting releases on the way So, but yes anyway sorry I digress that brings us to Credits, credits,
1: credits. credits. Uh, what are we going to give credit to this time round? We're gonna keep,
0: I think it's going to be a slightly, probably keep it fairly brief in the credit section um, because we've, we've talked a lot about films. But we'll get, get gonna, into it. Which
1: is, yeah, we're going to talk about the website called Letterboxd. Yeah, for anyone who is unaware of Letterboxd, there is no E at the end of the word boxed. It's B-O-X-D because, you know, trendy kids. It's been around for many years and in
0: fact I realised I'd had an account for many years when Pete, me on he was like why aren't you using letterboxd and I was like okay what's this and yeah I thought I got a jump on you there with that, with that yeah, and, then I find, and then I looked at my account and I've managed to list a number of, like hundreds of films that I've seen yeah. uh, but not done any reviews or anything like that so I think what basically what it is it, it gives you a chance to log everything that you've seen it gives you an awesome just in an
1: awesome little
0: app really um we keep a diary of everything that we've
1: watched I mean you is, say that's what it is and you're absolutely factually correct but what it is, is if you are a film lover, it is like your dream website. When I found yes. this, because you may have mentioned it before, but when I found it, I spent the next two or three weeks feeling about 25% happier with all aspects of my life yeah. because I had <laughs> this in my life. Like, genuinely, the functionality here is fantastic. I mean, run off a few of the things you you I interrupted. Well, like, for example,
0: we now have a diary. So every time I watch a film, I log it. It says, date watched. You log the date, it's watched. Have you seen the film before? You can log whether you've seen the film before... You can give it a brief review, you can give it a star rating, you can You can, uh, You can. can create a diary for example of films coming up that you want to watch, you can yeah. create a watch list. You can go in and as I said on my profile it will show me all the films that I've ever seen, Not well I've not managed to do that I think when I but first... But you can log all the board, films you you've yeah, seen if you want which to. Which I have been the doing in. probably since middle of last year we've been logging all the films that we've watched so... Um, it will let you review it. It will let you
1: look at other people's review of you it. You can create custom things. lists yeah. as well. You know, if you if you think that, you create for example, a top ten list, right? If Under the Shadow sounded interesting, but you know more than us about Iranian horror films, create a list. Top ten Iranian horror films. Go. We're you know we're listening. We're looking for that. So yeah, there's. I mean, you've got hyperlinks on every actor and yeah. actress and director to jump. All around the, the, uh, all the, the information you'd expect from IMDb is all in there. Right, and you also um, see as well as obviously the esteemed um, pairing of myself and and Paul, you see other fairly well-known film reviewers from various publications around the internet and, and in print who have their own curated page where they review stuff and give ratings and so on. Because I was going to say, funnily enough, um, linking back to something you talked about or we talked about before, for A Monster Calls, one uh, David Ehrlich, um, if you're, you know, you're familiar with him, right, mm, from IndieWire. Yeah. Um, uh, David Ehrlich, who I usually fall fairly into line with on his reviews through Letterboxd, uh said that having lost his father to cancer he found a monster calls to be corny and disingenuous so oh, wow okay th- but this is exactly the reason yeah. why you get on them in a letterbox is to have that dialogue yeah. right you've got below the line comments you can hit people up when you disagree with or agree with their review mm. you know when we throw stuff up there as strangers in our individual accounts which we will give you in a minute yeah then then people get gas for that and uh, and you know Tell us what they think in yeah. a more direct way, and also you know feed stuff into the show that we can talk about later on as so well.
0: So by all means, find us on there, um and we will. I I don't review everything that I watch, but there's a star rating of everything that I've watched up on there. I don't, Pete, you star rate things as well. And, like, I do. Yeah, to yeah, I'm gonna them, I'm but... gonna
1: start writing little reviews, but I have been doing star ratings. I have been doing diary, and I have been logging everything okay. I'm
0: watching. So. so in which case, while I've given the Pete just enough time to remind himself of what his username is, yeah, done. Um, Nice. So you've got <laughs> your back there. So I am on there as uh, Ham Solo 77. That's hamsohlo 77.
1: That's where we can see which one the cool one is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, my screen name is P J Wall. That's yeah. <gasps> My first and second initials <laughs> and my surname. I mean, should I feel embarrassed that I'm not called Ham Solo? I'm not sure. I don't know, but
0: we'll, we'll leave that up to listeners to decide. But that kind of wraps us up for this week, I think. Doesn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah. Find us on Letterbox. You can also find us on Twitter at Strangers Cinema. Uh, we'll be tweeting a frenzy of information from there in the near future. Uh, we've also got the Instagram popping off now. We're both on board with that, which is uh, Strangers in a Cinema on Instagram. Uh, Facebook page has been around for a while. Please comment on there because otherwise we won't bother commenting ourselves. <laughs> uh, we've got email in at gmail.com Blah 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 blah. Anything I've missed?
0: Uh, no, but there is, that relieves us to say uh, we will see you next week.
1: Yes, this next gonna week. going to be a challenge for us next week. You weekly listeners, and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the week. I've been Pete Wall. He's been Paul Anderson. Till next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.